Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Hey guys, it is Alex Garrett podcasting, and I'm going to welcome a friend of mine, Ali Kermani of Razor Scooter, and he's got a couple of his own projects to talk about what it's been like recovering actually from a surgery on his leg. Yes, we'll talk to him about that. But I want to give you a couple updates. First of all, sadly, I've not gotten to the uh, big pothole where I literally stumbled in the middle of Union Turnpike on 164th Street, lost my $40 that were in my hand. Don't ask me why they were in my hand, but they were just coming from the bank, and boom, money's flying all over. Luckily, I didn't fall. My phone fell. That was still in good shape, and my girlfriend Gabby was on the phone hearing it all. So if you have any questions, ask her. I digress. This whole idea of the pothole has given me a bit of incentive to research. And we'll talk about this with uh, Allie about what it's like being a roller, you know, being on wheels. He does skateboarding and scootering uh, and hitting potholes. But I found some research. This pothole incident comes as New York City is launching a pothole blitz to fill bumpy roads across the five boroughs. Now, this was in April this started. So Mayor de Blasio, Governor Cuomo, again, I reach out to you and ask, how is this one being missed? Do you know that pothole damage, according to AAA, costs drivers $3 billion in vehicle repairs a year? Did you also know that the DOT is dispatching 60 crews to fill in asphalt on residential streets, commercial corridors, and highways around the city? To report a pothole in the neighborhood, call 311 or fill out the DOT's online portal. So where's that 61st? I wonder if that 61st crew came to fix the pothole on 164th and Union Turnpike, rollerbladers, skaters, and drivers Turning that corner, by the way, on 164 the Union Turnpike, you might want to just do it sl- safely and so- slowly so you're not one of the $3 billion, <laughs> yes, $3 billion uh, that are paid out for damages. I'm saying that to bring awareness to those who rollerblade, roller skate, scooter, whatever you got going on for mobility. Be aware if you do pass that 164th Street and Union Turnpike. But that's nothing to what my next guest has been dealing with. He has been dealing with adapting to using a scooter again after having some leg issues, having a big surgery. Uh, Ali Kermani, man, it's been a while. I'm glad to have you on for the first time. You were with Razor Scooters. And I've got to ask you right off the bat, how cool is it for you on a normal day to be able to, to scoot around? It's got to be fun, right? To rollerblade, to scooter, it's got to be fun. It's fun for me. I hope it is for you as well. Yeah, for sure, man. I, um, I actually skateboard more than I, I ride scooters, but I do work at Razor Scooters, like you were saying, and 100% rolling around is, is the fountain of youth and fun. <laughs> but tell us your story, because I, I, this is Adapting with Alex Garrett, and I know you have an adapting story because you did have a big surgery as of last year, and, and being that you are so mobile with the skateboard and the scooter, being derailed did not help you at all. I, how did you get through all of yeah. that? Tell us your story. Yeah, as far as that goes, like, um, you know, it was, I was pursuing my passion about two years ago, and uh, I was skateboarding, and I, um, I unfortunately tore my ACL. And, so, you know, I'm an older skateboarder. I'm 30. I went from being, like, what I considered one of the youngest-bodied 39-year-olds to a full-fledged 40-year-old, you know, uh, feeling like I'm 60. 
Uh, and so I, I basically, I partially tore my ACL. I, I tried to continue to skateboard and I really couldn't adapt, you know, to, to use the, the theme of the, um, interview and your show. But, um, I really couldn't adapt to that. So ultimately I realized I needed to have a surgery and unfortunately um, the surgery didn't go well and uh, <laughs> created much greater issues for me. And so um, it, it, you know, the, that process of coming out of surgery, what I thought was going to be a solution and, and came to realize it was like just the beginning of an, of a whole journey, you know um, the way that, you know, I came out of that and processed it really, I feel like, uh, helped me out a great deal to adapt to this new reality. And like, um, a big part of that I was beginning to tell you before the, the interview was like, uh, this, this concept that's like related in this book called super better. And it's this idea that like, when you're coming back from something like that, you know, you can set your sights on not only, um, rebounding to where you were, but actually like, um, going beyond it. You know, and, and so that's what I've been really striving for over these, these past couple of years. And I, I literally like, what is it, today's Monday, Friday of my first time back at a, you know, like really skateboarding, doing tricks and stuff like that. It's definitely not, um, is it, you know, you don't pick up exactly where you left off. But the amazing thing is like, uh, for me, you know, skateboarding is like a, you have a bag of tricks, right? And as I was doing this the past, over the weekend, I skated twice. And I was uh, drawing this analogy, kind of like, I kind of feel like my house got burned down, but now I'm like dusting things off and I go, oh, cool, I still got these. Well, I was going to ask you, when you say tricks, I wondered if you could still do some of the old ones you did pre-surgery or you had to adapt to those new tricks as well. I'm doing that literally right now, figuring it all out, right? Like I can't do everything that I used to do for sure. My left leg is like uh, seriously atrophied and definitely not where it was, so I'm, there's definitely a uh, immediate adaption and it's kind of this, I think the biggest thing is like just probing safely. Like I don't feel, com- I, the funny part is like, you know, I probably could have done and enjoyed some of this before last Friday, but I, I was really scared to step back in the pool, even going there to the place on Friday. I was like so nervous and anxious, but you know, got there and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I know for sure that I can just roll around without hitting any other coping. So I started doing that and bending my knees and I'm like, Oh, this feels good. And you kind of tip, tiptoe yourself and get into the water. And it's just, it's so incredible how, like, if you stop and you think about, you know, I'm going to try this thing that I'm scared of, it, it can be so overwhelming. But if you just think, well, I can take one small step towards it, that's, that feels safe enough, do that. And then again and again, and it seems like there's always a step or two ahead of me that I feel, okay, I can, I can find, you know, a, a little bit further than where I'm at right now. And it, just in a matter of, what, four hours on Friday, five hours last night, like, you know, I feel like I'm like, you know, I got an Instagram post I'm ready to go with, you know, I got like a, a bag, I got, you know, putting lines together and starting to find it again. And, uh, and yeah, it, it is really adjusting. You know? Allie, that's so cool that you're able to just be so calm about this because I got to ask you normally after a leg surgery, you can't even walk. Right. So what was that process post-surgery? Oh, I mean, were sure. you frustrated? I, I mean, I imagine you were, but what level, how did you cope with that? You know, okay, so, so, um, I think I, it was, (laughs) it's frustrating for sure. I didn't walk. I think the biggest part was like, um, the surgery went bad about halfway through and they had to kind of shift the plan. And so they doubled the the anesthesia and that really messed me up. So I think coming out of it, it took me about six to seven hours to 
wake up out of the anesthesia. And, and so like I came out of it, there's bad news coming out of it. And through like, you know, a lifetime of dealing with good and bad, I realized that like, um, really the events happen and how I process them gives a, a lot of the weight to the event. Right. So I, I had gone in telling myself, whatever happens, you got to come out with a positive mindset, you know? And, and so like, as I came out, I was like, that's okay. This, this is what it is right now. Let me see, you know, what happens. Right. I'm, I'm going to heal. Let's see how this goes. There was luckily it was during the pandemic and somewhat luckily somewhat, you know, I was like, this is convenient. There's a quarantine, you know, I can, I, I don't mind laying around in bed for, you know, two months. You know what I mean? So um, there was definitely that. And then of course, like any surgery, you're going to, you, you begin to walk around with crutches and I live in a three story house. So it's like, that's a lot of fun. And I, you know, I have, I have two kids that are very young and very energetic and don't understand that, Hey, dad can't really move right now. And like, you know, so adapting to all that, how do you say, you know, being an active parent, um, how do you, how do you keep fulfilling all your responsibilities and desires in life despite that? And, and, you know, I don't know, I'm the type of person and I'm sure you are. And most, most people probably listening, you know, you find some pleasure in solving puzzles and like uh, answering riddles and like you've discovery, right. That's part of human nature. And so I, I feel like it's a, you, I thought of it as like, Hey, this is a new game. It's very similar to like the skateboarding thing. It's a new game. Let me figure out what I can do today. I definitely can't do what I was doing a couple of years ago, but you, you'd be shocked at what you can do. You know what I mean? And like, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, 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 I think adaptability is a, a well, you know interesting when you have this kind of, when you kind of have, when you have this thing, especially the pandemic, where we're all kind of wound wound down anyway you know our, we're just run down because of the pandemic itself some people may not be able to recover from that kind of situation you were in so a- any advice for those saying man i had a surgery i can't get out of bed right now but but you are a story that of of someone who did so to those that may be about to give up I, I feel like your words can save someone right now well i think the first thing i think when you say that is like everybody's journey is unique you know so i can only they probably reflect the, the the lessons that I got from my my journey, but I would encourage anybody who's interested to check out that book super better. Um, you know, I found it very useful. I found it this, this concept that like you know it, it, we we've heard it a million times, right? You aim for the sun and you know you miss and maybe you hit the moon, right? Um, and so I think and also sorry, another friend of mine was pointing out to me that like my goal is not to just like get back. My goal is to get fit. Right. So like, I actually like wound up in the desire to like recoup from this and do better. I started, you know, like I made expenditures and investments in my body in like recovery that I would have never done before. Like I bought a, a spin cycle, which I would never, I've never ridden, you know, a stationary bike in my life, but I used this thing to like help me force my knee around the circle. That was like a big, huge moment for me. And now it's become like, you know, like when people see me, they're like, Whoa, what's going on with you? I'm like, well, I'm riding a bike every single morning, you know, for the past 300 days or something, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I just like, I totally adapted in that way too. like, as as you must, I don't really think you have an option. I I just, it's like, you can either, um, I mean, yeah, for me, again, like I said, everyone's got a different journey for me. It was definitely a matter of like, 
setting the goal that, and, you know, not, not focusing on any negativity, just thinking to myself, like, what can I do? Let me focus on the parts of the cup that are full. And it's mm. crazy because when you do that, at least for me, I realize, whoa, there's the stuff that's in this cup is so much bigger than the cup I was picturing. You know, like Allie, you have so, so much, much, you have so much self-determination. I love that. But you know, this roller skating, this scooter, this skateboard, the rolling community is tight knit, right? So talk to me about that. How, how encouraging, how uplifting was your community to you as you're going through all of this? So, you know, that's interesting that you say that. I think um, something if I was going to be critical about my, about my journey, is I, I, never, I haven't thought about this until you say that right now, is that I didn't, because of the quarantine and I've been sitting at home, I didn't really reach out and I didn't feel comfortable, like, asking for help that's a, definitely a shortcoming of mine that i don't oh you know i would rather like struggle through something if i think i can accomplish it by myself than like re- do the difficult thing of like bowing my head and asking for help you know what i mean so like that's definitely a a, a criticism that i had although you know i have a partner in the house and my partner is incredibly supportive so um i could say i had a whole army of support you know in her and um yeah, man, I, as, as far as, as all that goes, I think a criticism I have of myself that I would share with anyone is, like, reach out for help when you need it, you know? But, again, like, my, my situation was also unique because it was during the quarantine, and, like, um, I have no idea what, what's going on, no medical expert, so I'm like, let me just sit here by myself anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, um, you know, I know that you, when we talked, you were legit nervous about going to begin with, because you had to go during this pandemic, but I think going through with it, even during a pandemic, is worth noting because people were not willing to go through certain procedures that were needed during this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's you know, it's this whole pandemic is so incredible because like there's so many. It's so personal for each person. There's on every variable or whatever your beliefs are, it totally changes your perspective on stuff. And like something I've been trying to um, remind myself of is like each person's perspective is correct for them. Just as correct as mine is for me. You know what I mean? So um, I, I, again, that's, that's why when, when you're asking me like what I would suggest for other people, I, I can only reflect what I, what works for me. And that's what's like, um, ridiculous uh, positivity <laughs> you know yeah. like uh, un- unreasonable optimism that's what i think i know? think I'm, i think people on wheels are ri- ridiculously optimistic anyway because as you said earlier we get that drive simply from rolling dude for sure and i gotta tell you like even because uh, i don't want to i don't want to miss it but you are such an inspiration dude when i ran i ran into alex on the streets of new york while i was out there for toy fair um for work and dude i'd I just seeing you, I like, I literally like, I want a photo of you just to like constantly inspire me that like here, like, you know, before I met you, I would think that like, Oh man, like having one leg, that's gotta be so tough, bro. You were shredding down the street, flying. And I tell everybody about you. I'm like, dude, if, if, you know, the metaphorically, like if life deals me, uh, an issue like with one leg, I want to be the guy who straps a rollerblade on it and starts flying down the street. You know, you were like faster than everybody else on the street. You're 
bro, it was incredible. Are you shit? Like, <laughs> no BS. Like, that's why I follow you online and stuff. It's so inspirational to see that that's the exact concept I'm trying to, like, that I took from that book, um, Super Better, was this idea that, like, this is not a limitation. This is just the gauntlet, you know? And it, I can do better than what everybody else is doing because I have a unique approach and a unique perspective. This is yeah. a, as we're talking. I think, and thank you for that. I did not expect Dude, that, but thank you. you. Uh, but to that end, though, adapting on a rollerblade or skateboard or or scooter, do you guys teach that at Razor? Do you personally do lessons for those who? Well, maybe now you can for those who need to recover and and get back out there. Right. Um, no, I do. I do do some lesson stuff in my private time, but like at Razor, it's mostly a manufacturer of the equipment for recreation so they do do the, the scooters that everyone knows and then like over the past like 20 years like I, 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 doing, I was the first employee at the company like at the very bottom I, I met a guy at a skate park and like we connected and so like since that 2000 where like everyone knows them for like uh, you know the folding aluminum scooter they've now made like a plethora of items that people don't know like all kinds of electric items motorcycles quads ATVs and like um, as I was telling you earlier like there was a project in there, um, speaking of adaptability, there was a project in there where um, a friend of mine who was working came up with this concept. It was like the updated bumper car. And it was, I'll just save you the, the whole story, but it was basically like the most incredible toy I'd ever ridden. It was like, if you're familiar with drifting is or like the feeling of driving on ice, this thing was like would spin and move in all directions. I thought it was just the best toy ever. Like, I remember just, I went and grabbed the president of the company and was like, oh my God, Tom has, you know, Tom Schubeck just invented the toy of the year. You got to check this out and freaking out, you know? And uh, he came out, checked it out, said, yeah, it's really interesting, but, and, you know, gave us all these reasons why it wouldn't work for Razor. It was too expensive. It was too complicated. It was too dangerous and it was too new, right? Like it was too different from anything like that existed. And so again, um, so what wound up happening there, this is this item called the crazy cart. And you talk about adaptability, the president of the company tells, told us no, and everybody stopped and saw stop signs. And well, I didn't, I, I couldn't believe it this is the end of the road to this thing. It was that incredible. I was literally like, I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. And so um, I wound up actually leaving the company after a couple of years of like trying to get them to do this and go to, I went to grad school and, and while there I realized, Oh my God, like <laughs> this is not what I thought it was. I went, I went to a business school and um, I thought it was like more entrepreneurial and starting a business. And it was really like finance and going to wall street. And I was about to fail there and, uh, again, with, you know, uh, adjusting to like the situation, I went to the, the school and was like, I, I'm going to have to drop out because I'm failing. This is not what I thought it was. And when I explained what I thought it was, they're like, you know, I said, I, you know, you get a good idea, you make it a reality, you do a business. Like my, my friend started this company called Razor Scooters and like I watched it happen. And they said, well, do you have any good ideas? And I said, well, there's this thing called the crazy cart, right? And so from, from, that moment, I like went back to Razor and uh, talked to them about purchasing the concept and pursuing it if they weren't going to do it. And the benevolent owners there um, allowed me to like take the project on and get the you know get, pursue it. Wow. And so then then the process from there was to like address all those reasons that that the president said no that first day, adapt to them, right? Like fix the design. So if it's too complicated, make it less complicated. And you'll be surprised how like 
focusing on one thing and figuring, I tried to make it less complicated and lo and behold, the solution I had used less parts, which was less expensive. So that was another one that was addressed. And then when I went to test it, it actually like created all sorts of control of the drift that didn't exist before. And boom, now three of those four things that you had said no to were addressed. It was controllable, like letting it wasn't as dangerous. It was, you know, it was less expensive and it was much simpler, less complicated to produce. So the last thing was like overcoming the fact that nobody knew about it. And like, this is actually after I met you, I, we like, I made a video, went viral, made a few videos about this thing that went viral. And is that your and current project you know, now? Is, is that your baby? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, that's what I do now at Razor is like, I, I head up the, well, I do a couple things, but one thing is I'm the, the head of this, the crazy cart family of products. And it, and, um, it's, you know, it's, anyway, so it's, it's become like a passion of mine, you know, and it, it's, it's a, as far as like adaptability goes, like, man, I, I didn't invent this thing. You know, all I did was stop and look at all the limitations, all the reasons why it couldn't happen. And then fight that fight every single one of them, because I had a belief, like I talked about earlier, like a, a unrational optimism. I thought there's no, I don't care what anyone says. Like this thing is so dope that it's gotta happen. I don't care if it's, you know, this guy says it's too expensive or that guy says it's this or that, whatever. It's gotta happen. And along the way, man so many people would friends like people i love would like kind of pull me aside and be like dude you know like don't put all your eggs in this basket like Mm -hmm. it's not you know what i mean the likelihood of this happening is not you're 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 acting like this is going to be and you know the really the toy of the year really this and that and you know fast forward well i'm sure that you being told that made you want it to become the best toy out there 100 percent 100 percent but also, like, you know what? I just believed in something, right? Like, I, I kind of I try to draw the analogy for people. I say, if you tasted the most delicious soup in the whole world, you just blew your mind, then everybody told you, oh, you can never sell that. Forget about you, man. You, have you tasted the soup? It's delicious. You know, and, and I try to tell everybody on my team, like, you know, they're like, man, you're just, like, all passionate about your work. I'm like, because I'm selling what I believe to be the truth. So I can put every ounce of my being and, and spirit into, like, pitching that if i believe in it you know what i mean so you know had the surgery derailed any of this or were you able to work on it from home how did that impact this project you you adapt right so what i'm laying around in bed for a couple months man and no for sure i took advantage of that to do you know i'm somebody as you can hear in my voice Mm. and and my speech pattern i'm very fast-paced right um and so it's very hard for me to sit down sit still and lay out plan ahead like oh this is what i'm going to do five years from now 10 years from now this is the plan this is how we're going to go but while i was laying in bed i like was able to get all these scraps of thoughts and previous plans and put it all together and kind of get a perspective that i would never have otherwise so like i i feel like you know like again your the advice doesn't work for anyone else i one of the biggest things for me was like this surgery going terrible gave me this ability to like revamp all my thoughts and right now i have new items that are coming out that are like i'm so excited about they would have never happened had i not sat down for three months and gone through all my notes and you know what i mean i could have sat there and just like watch tv or do something like that but you know so the reason i say like the advice might not work for everyone else is like i would never turn to someone else and be like hey you should have a surgery go bad because that could you know what i mean but what it does with the advice i guess i would share is your mindset is 80% 80% of what's, let's say, 50, 51% of what's going to come out, right? Like, your mindset can take, take something that 
um, yesterday I would consider like devastating and turn it into an opportunity. Ali, you know, Ali, I love, I, my, I love what yeah, you're saying, man. Experience. I love what you're saying, but I got to know a couple things. So let's go back to what you said earlier, because the active parenting also, I mean, you you love your work, but you love your family as well. So parenting while injured, I, you know, I'm sure for people who have those needing to adapt, adapting the parenthood isn't easy either, either when you're laying around in bed. So how'd you do it? Okay. Man, you line up the, you line up the answers perfectly, Alex. <laughs> so, um, I, I, one of the things I need to do for this project is I market it. I make videos of me utilizing this product so people see on the internet what it does. Right. And a new product that I had designed was a younger version for kids. So I'm sitting there and I usually squeeze into the thing and like demo it. But since I was busted, I wound up like realizing I need to have somebody else drive this thing. So I, I'm looking around, where am I going to find somebody? It's a pandemic. How can I find kid models? Parents keep everybody apart. And it, it hits me that like, I got two kids right here, sitting right here. They can drive this thing. And so I wound up actually like creating a series of videos during the pandemic, utilizing my kids. And like, um, and it's funny how, that, how that's led into this whole thing where, you know, they're essentially giving me feedback on the product and we started designing stuff together. So like I watched my kid, he was like dragging a piece of chalk as he drove around, you know, in circles. It's like a huge spirograph, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's a great idea, dude. Let's, how about we figure out how to attach that to the cart? You know, and we like invented, I'm doing little air quotes, but we like invented a little like uh, spring loaded holder using like a toilet, a toilet paper holder. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. we use that and a little, little ingenuity. The next thing you know, my kid's like, oh, man, you know, I'm an inventor. He's five years old. You know what I mean? But it's, it, it's, it's been a blast, like, doing that together. And, again, those opportunities were only presented because of this, like, seemingly devastating thing that happened. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm going to ask about the schedule, if the, if the hospital has rescheduled any part of that in a minute. But I want to ask you a more fun question. Uh, sure. Um, the evolution of the scooter. We've liberal and the skateboard even. We're now motorized skateboards, and I've seen this, the remote control that's crazy. My friend has one, and motorized scooters. So the last 20-something years, I mean, how do we get to where everything is motorized now? Okay, um, so it's, and that's funny that you say that because I'm thinking, oh, man, I know what the next motorized board is, and you're just going to like be like, oh, man, when did that come out? So um, the, the, the concept is this. Like over time, you know, essentially we started the, the – the folding aluminum scooter. And then around 2003, uh, we were like, let's go to an, uh, an electric, you know, an electric scooter. Right. And, um, as we, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't just us. There was a bunch of companies that like tried to make electric scooters, but at that time it was so expensive to actually make it happen, you know, that it, it, it wasn't happening. And, uh, and, sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit distracted. I, there's like a animal right here in my backyard. <laughs> Let me turn that's around. Awesome. So I'm not like, Look, there's a bobcat that is like lives in my backyard at times and just walked up. Okay. So, uh, as far as the electric scooter thing, like essentially a bunch of people were trying to do this and like a few companies like went out of business because it was very difficult to get a reliable electric drivetrain together. But then over time, as the factories in China were working on it, they came up with the components that worked. And we were one of the few companies that like was still around. And so like, 
once we had that system, it's like a sealed lead acid battery, a certain type of um, rare earth magnet motor, you know, the components are all there. Then we were able to take that same drivetrain and like embody it over and over again in different types of vehicles. So like the same drivetrain, same components that drive an electric scooter can also drive uh, an electric motorcycle, electric Vespa, an electric dirt bike, an electric quad, a doom buggy, a crazy cart, right? And all of these things run on this cycle. So then you saw this huge explosion of, of uh, cross-category electric, right? Does that make sense? You following me? Yeah, I follow, I'm following you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and then, so then everybody's like, wow, okay, so electric is like the game. And so you start looking around for what can I add electric to? Well, skateboards are a staple, right? Electric bikes, staple. So um, the problem with the skateboard is that it's so small, right? You have to get the the size of the technology had to shrink. But as we know from computers, that happens like consistently. And so like it's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and the, you, you had electric skateboards come out and the development at, like at that time also kind of overlapped with the, pro- the progress on hub motors. And so like um, there was a bunch of bad hub motors for a while. And then, uh, you know, it got to like reasonable hub motors. And now like I, the one I was telling you about is like, a, are you familiar with like a ripstick? Uh, say that one more time. A, a what kind of stick? A, a rip stick. It's a it's a caster board. It's like uh, kind of like a skateboard, but it only has two wheels. They're like shopping cart wheels, like caster wheels, but they're at, at angles. I don't know if you've seen it. It moves it like in the S shape. But anyways, they have they've now like hub motors have gotten so small that I just saw one. Razor's releasing a product where like the hub motor fits inside of a caster wheel. It's like you know you're talking about like a less than two inch tall hub motor. You know, that's powerful enough to carry like a 250-pound rider, no problem. Let me let me ask you about this because you're so into this. I got to ask you, how did you get into roll? You know, it might seem like, well, it's of course, you know, he's getting into roller skating and skateboarding and all that. But I feel like everybody's journey in this community is leads us to rollerblade or however roller or skateboard or scooter. What's your journey? How did you get into this whole mobility world? <laughs> to be real with you. Um, I moved to like a new town where there was like a bunch of skaters and surfers and my name is Ali, A-L-I, you know? And, um, when I came there, they're like, Ali, 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 everyone's calling me Ali. And, and so some, you know, people started making fun of me saying, can you Ali, Ali, can you Ali, Ali? Ah. And I eventually, I just got sick of that. And I was like, dude, I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, started, started skateboarding from there. I wish I had a better story, but, uh, how old were you? Yeah. I, I started skateboarding really, like, seriously at probably 16 years old. Um, and I, I, I rolled around on a skateboard plenty of times, you know, but I'm saying, like, fall in love with it, ride every single day for, like, the next 25, 30 years, like, 16 years old. Th- that is and so then, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, started roller yeah. skating at eight, so I guess we're about halfway apart there. But it's, it's just fun to be on it. And I, I got to ask you this, because I started the show with this. Did you ever hit a pothole or multiple potholes? Because I had my first one. Oh, my gosh. And brother. I feel like a yeah. driver now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm through skateboarding, I got the opportunity to, like, uh, do all sorts of wheeled goods, right? And so, like, my job at Razor for a long time was make videos and push the edge. And so, like, yeah, man, like, bombed hills on all kinds of weird skateboards. And uh, I did it one time at night and, like, uh, yes, I, I found a pothole that I wasn't aware of in a <laughs> in a hurry. So oh. yeah, I've I've been there. 
All right, you're going downhill on a steep hill because I sometimes have this issue in my brain. It's like, am I going to fall on this thing? So how do you do it? How do you conquer a hill without feeling petrified? You could fall down that very hill. Yeah, I I mean, have you ever gone down the hill before? Uh, Multiple times, but this one I'm trying to do without my crutches so I can literally lift up my my crutches and roller blade on my one leg down the hill. It's just an... It's a very steep hill, so I don't know how to do it. I'm very nervous about it. Um, you know, I, I, a couple things like my my <laughs> a couple things come to mind. One is that um, I if I'm trying to conquer, like especially with hill bombing and stuff, if no if I'm like no one's watching, I can like work my way up it backwards. If that makes sense, so I go to like a midway point, drop in. Okay, that wasn't so bad. Let me go up 20 more feet. Okay, that wasn't so bad and step it back up. And the other thing that comes to mind is that if I'm on a skateboard, uh, if I'm on a skateboard where I actually have a braking mechanism, like a power slide, it, you know, you, I pretty much can judge my my ability. You have your crutches, right? Yes, I do, yep. And you're trying to do it without touching the crutches at all? I mean, I may be exaggerating, but I want to try and get at least some mobil- some speed on it and the crutches to break when I, when I need to. But... It just, I look at the hill. That's the first thing. When you look at a hill and you see it's steep, that does have a psychological effect on you, I realize. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I again, like, uh, I think any action sport, and I would consider that hill bombing definitely an action sport, is like, you. I watch people and I'm like, wow, it's so amazing. Like, I kicked with 13 stairs. Don't go roll up to a 13 stair and, like, think it's about commitment. You know, that guy didn't get there that way. He, like... Started off on flat ground, then one stair, then two stair. Work your way up step by step. So, um, and and in that way, you know that you'll know when you're ready when that hill doesn't look scary. If that makes sense. It, I, like, I like that. Still, I like that advice. I won't be worried once the hill do, doesn't look scary. I like. I like. Yeah, that. that's the right time to go. You should. I definitely don't think that you should ever take two steps past your comfort zone. You know, one step is fine. <laughs> two steps, no. Well, that is that's you fun. Know? I mean, in the streets of New York where it's flat. I literally just push off the crutches, roll in the bike lane, no crutches on the ground, in the air. It's like a dance party on my skin. I'm like, how am I doing this right now? But enough about me. I got to ask you this. For those, though, who might have crutches or even prosthetics, is is skateboarding, is scootering, is rollerblading a possibility? I mean, everyone says, well, you're doing it, but I don't know. I just naturally, I mean, those who have to adapt to some circumstance to do it, can they do it? And how do you recommend that? Oh, absolutely. Dude, they're like, no joke. There's guys, and it sounds like impossible, but you can look them up. Um, Og D'Souza. There's guys with no legs. No legs. There's guys with uh, legs that didn't develop. Like, all sorts. There's guys with one leg that kill it. Like, man, I spent my whole life skateboarding. I can't do what these guys are doing. You know what I'm saying? They're, it's not like they're doing good, you know, all things considered. Like, no. They're like, incredible like it's almost like a i'm like wait is it easier if i don't have legs because this guy's like on like 10 levels past what i'll ever be so again i just think it's that unreasonable optimism right like who would tell a kid who doesn't have any legs at all yeah like go fall in love with skateboarding but i'm watching these guys that are killing it doing handrails Wow. You know what I mean? That is, that's freaking awesome. YouTube. We, we kidding? O- OG D'Souza. Just YouTube that after the call, you'll be blown away. That guy is like the epitome of like anything is possible. 
Ali, where can people find you? Because I know you said you have a bunch of videos out. What What's your socials? Um, for sure. I'm always trying to like promote my uh, crazy cart. So you can find me on crazy, you know, at crazy cart official on on uh, Insta, and <laughs> you know, otherwise, um, you hit me on Facebook. Just use my name. I don't. I'm not really like. Uh, not anything beyond that. Well, I'll tell you what. When I rollerblade again today, I'm going to think of you just streamlining it. So that's I'm going to do that in your honor today because I know that you're just getting back at it. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll skate together one of these days. I love it, dude. Next time I'm in New York, I will hit you up, and I would love to get a session in with you. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Ali Carmani is his name. Razor Scooters and the crazy card. I can't wait to see what other crazy ideas he's got. Uh, Dude, check it out. It's the funnest story you don't know about. And uh, it, it's an adaptability story for sure. So stay tuned with us here at Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we're always adapting.